Hey Adam, how'd your date go with that girl who I paid you to take out because someone told me to pay you, but really that person is friends with another person who wants to take out her sister, but really I'm trying to get with her sister, but she's going to find out that I'm not that good of a guy, so she's going to kick me in the balls. All went alright. You see, turns out though, I'm too edgy for her. She tells me she only listens to podcasts to get good reviews on Apple Podcasts because people leave high ratings and then people can find it more easily. Like Double A Popcast. She said that's her favorite. Well, too bad I'm too edgy for her. What am I going to do now with my lighter and pan of axe? Well, Adam, first off, playing with fire is not safe. And second, you don't need to play with fire to be edgy. All you have to do is recommend she follows Double A Popcast on social media. Well, what handles and what sorts are they on? Twitter and Instagram at Double A Popcast. That's D O U B L E A P O P C A S T. Double A Popcast. She can stay up to date with all of our edgy posts. Well, playing with fire is still fun, though. No, Adam, no, you're burning everything! <laughs> Remember, kids. When you play with fire, you always get burned. This message brought to you by the Padua High Fire Safety Council. This week on Double A Popcast, Anthony and I discuss Silicon Valley and Velvet Buzzsaw in our weekly watches. Then we dive into the film 10 Things I Hate About You. Welcome to Double A Popcast, your weekly recharge. Adam and I are sitting back here, just having a pleasant afternoon. We really are. It's it's a uh, it's a nice, relaxing day. Mm-hmm. It's been a good week. Yeah, enjoyed a great movie. Uh, we're going to talk about later in the podcast. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, no guests this week. No, just, just the two of us. Uh, so, sorry to disappoint anyone out there. <laughs> They're like, no, we have to listen to just their voices. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. But how are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing well. Good. I say it's a nice afternoon because mm-hmm. it's overcast outside, mm-hmm. and these are my favorite types of days. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I love overcast days. Just like a cool, overcast, calm day. Yeah. Yeah. Even a little light rain, hear it on the window pane. It's relaxing. I guess that's okay. I more like it... I. I like it when it's just overcast. There's no condensation. Mm. Right? No, precipitation. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop trying to sound smart. Condensation, no. evaporation. They all resuscitation. Like, go together. I don't know. Yeah, no precipitation. I don't know. I think it, it stems from my days growing up in Florida where it was sunny and hot every day. Mm. And, there'd be, and then the, when there was a rare day like this, it was like, oh, a nice little break. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know you grew up in Florida. Hey, learning something new huh interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah how are um, you doing i'm good i'm good um had a lovely valentine's day this past week Ooh. that was nice yeah we didn't do much um, my girlfriend and i got uh some pizza and watched oceans eight did you so, get the pizza that's in the shape of a heart no no we just got a regular pizza well specifically we got dewey's pizza for those of you who are in the i guess cincinnati region I don't know where Dewey's else. I know it's based in Cincinnati. Cle- there, there's one in Cleveland too. Is okay. it based in Cincinnati? I thought it was Cleveland for some reason. Maybe it's Columbus. Maybe it's split, split the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's right in the go. middle. Ohio based. Ohio based pizza chain. Uh, but no, we got uh, our favorite pizza from there. It's called the Porky Fig. Oh yeah. It's 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 a sweet pizza. Yeah. It's, Is that pineapples in it? No pineapples. No. It's uh, it's basically instead of like pizza sauce, like not marinara, it's mm-hmm. a fig jam. Yeah. And then mozzarella and goat cheese and caramelized onions and prosciutto. Ooh. And it's really good. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. That doesn't yeah. sound like my cup of tea. Fair. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. But yeah. For some reason, I was just imagining this situation where you you were really intent on the Valentine's theme. And you, like, had promised your girlfriend it would be in the shape of a heart. So you get the pizza and you're working secretly to cut it up into a shape. <laughs> I'm just like, if I just rearrange the pieces yeah. and that shorter one can go there. And then I'll just I'll just eat part of this one. And <laughs> yeah. then it looks like a heart. And, yeah, there we go. It's a heart. Ta-da! Get rid of the evidence. The pieces yeah. that make it. 
I'm driving to her house just throwing pizza crust out yeah. the window. It's stopped by a cop. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing, sir? Uh, listen, it's a pizza. It's Valentine's Day. It's a heart, you know? And then the cop her says, okay. Oh, oh go, yeah. Go you're good. Go. You're good. Keep on going, son. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, shall we move into our uh, weekly watches? Let's do it. What do you got this week? This week, I'd like to talk about a TV show called Silicon Valley. Mm, yes. This show was, uh, I guess I just found this out right now. It was partially inspired by co-creator Mike Judge's experiences as a Silicon Valley engineer in the 1980s. Huh. That's really cool. That's so it, it's about this introverted computer programmer, Richard, mm-hmm. who creates this awesome technology. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's a really, really basic version of it. There's, okay. I, I even sometimes get lost in the minutiae of the technical terms. Mm-hmm. And it's his experiences starting his own company, and he his company is like always the underdog, and he's mm-hmm. incredibly awkward, and mm-hmm. it's a sitcom. It's all okay. these different um, awkward situations he gets into nice. with his friends and coworkers. And it was on HBO, correct? It is on HBO. Yeah, it has. And I'll, I want to talk about the cast real quick. Yeah, it has. Thomas Middleditch, oh yeah, T.J. Yeah. Miller's in the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. Zach Woods, mm-hmm. um, Kumail Nanjiani, mm, big fan. Yeah, and Z- I'm really, really liking the relationship that Zach Woods' character has with Tom- Thomas Middleditch because mm-hmm. he he's always he's very much like the pure of heart guy on the show, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Richard is so awkward. Like there's <laughs> there's this one there's this one episode that goes over. He keeps waking up, um, and he's he's completely soaking wet. Okay. And, like, he thinks – he goes to doctors, and he thinks he, it, it's stress, mm-hmm. and people keep thinking he's peeing his pants in bed. And so just just Zach Woods' character oh. checking in on him. Yeah. And then, like, I just watched an episode – I just – it's just so funny how he um, – he always, like – Zach Woods' character always reminds you of how um, – awkward thomas Middleditch's character is mm. because he he talks so thomas Middleditch is the ceo of this company and zach woods is the coo of this company at this point where i'm at in season five mm-hmm. and thomas Middleditch's character has to go on some sort of um like meeting call thing like that so he has yeah. to go to another company mm-hmm. and zach woods's character is like oh i got you a map here for uh to lay it out here you go and he goes ah that's okay i'll just use my phone uh, for GPS, and Zach Woods goes, "Oh, but I marked out all the places you can stop to pee." <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I've, I've not seen the show. You haven't. It's on my watch list, like my mental like shows I must watch before I die type thing. Okay. Um, so it's on there, but isn't there like, I don't know how far you are in the seasons. Isn't there like an app in the show that's like, this is a hot dog, this is not a hot dog. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. Like that app, and then I think recently, um, someone either made that app or like actually made an app that was like that. I think, um, I think Domino's actually made a parody of it. Oh seriously, where it's like send us a picture of what you think is a pizza, and we'll send you a real pizza or something like that. <laughs> and so it's like this dog holding like this commercial I saw at the gym the other day, like this dog holding like a stuffed like pizza chew toy uh-huh. takes a picture of it and it's like that's not a pizza so here's a real pizza or it's like <laughs> hey how about this it's like little bagel bites that's not a pizza here's a pizza <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny so but yeah i remember so, hearing about yeah. that um i'm a big kumail nanjiani fan yeah martin stars in it too if you remember him mm-hmm. oh wow yeah i think you dig it I, nice. I, would, I would check it out if i were you yeah well, my weekly watch is something that I recommend no one check out. Uh, I watched this on a whim last night, and partially this morning. I finished it this morning. Um, but it's a new Netflix movie uh, called Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, it is a horror film? I'm going to go with that. That's the genre they're going for. I think it's it's a horror film. Um the basic premise of this film is that this art collector, um, there's, well, there's an art collector, an art collector's assistant, and an art critic, the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have Rodora, who's the collector, Josefina, who's the collector's assistant, and Morph. I don't know why his name is Morph. Morph? M-O-R-F. Okay. Morph <laughs> Van Deview, something like that, um, who's the art critic. And Josefina has been fired recently or has like, been put on like probation at work, whatever. Yeah. Um, and her neighbor dies. Mm-hmm. She goes home from work that day. Her neighbor's found dead. And um, they're like cleaning out his apartment. And so she walks in there and finds all these paintings in there. Mm. And so she's like, oh my gosh, it's like a really, really good like modern paintings and she's like yeah i and like she asked personally just cleaning out the apartment like hey what are we supposed to do with these and he's like oh the guy apparently said just throw them out so like i guess you can have them and so she takes the paintings Mm -hmm. takes them to the collector rodora and they start selling this guy's paintings Mm -hmm. even though he's of course already dead yeah um kind of reminiscent of if you're familiar with this is going to get really academic here for a moment like Emily Dickinson, a lot of her poems were found after she died, mm-hmm. um, but then she became famous after that. Same way. So this guy's named Deece, D-I-E-C-E, I think, Deece, yeah, or D-E-A-S, they never spell it out for you, but they're like, it's a Deece, I'm like, it's a Deece, it's a that, <laughs> over there, <laughs> anyway, um, so basically the paintings start, um, like, everyone who's quote-unquote... And this is part of... Sorry, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> the <clears throat> the movie is a very artsy film in that, like, it uses a lot of, like, modern, like, music. And not, like, pop music, but, like, modern electronic, like, very indie music. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters will talk about different, like, real-life artists. Um... John Malkovich is actually in it, and he plays another modern artist. Um, but basically, it's you know all the characters. It's very overacting, very much overacting for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is in this, um, who plays the art critic Morph, um, and he is like the worst offender of the overacting. Um, it's just rough, but basically. They do spell it out for you in the movie. There's no ambiguity in the horror film. It's at one point Morph, the critic, straight up says, anyone who's profited from these paintings is going to die. And it's like, oh, now I know exactly who's going to die. (laughs) And basically by, you know, selling the paintings, any other piece of art can like come to life, question mark? Oh. You know, like the art kills these people. Um, is it the paintings that of this guy Deese that come to life? No, it's just anyone who's profited from selling Deese's paintings. Mm-hmm. If they like get near art, they'll die. Any art, okay. <laughs> um, so like, there's another uh, art collector who gets killed in a art installation where he ends up being hung. Another guy like gets pulled into a painting with monkeys. It's pulled into a painting? Into a painting, yeah. The Wait, does it become 2D? Yeah. Wait, really? It's a weird movie, yeah. Really? The assistant, Josefina, gets, like, turned into graffiti when she dies. And okay. um, Redora, the collector, so she basically, she's the last one to survive. Yeah. Um, and any art can kill you if you sold Deesa's paintings or you've profited off of it mm-hmm. and so she, at the very end she like gets all of her paintings taken I guess this is a minor spoiler here but um, <laughs> so skip ahead to the to the uh, 10 things I hate about you discussion if you don't want to hear the spoiler of how this movie ends she basically gets all the paintings and all the pieces of art removed from her house mm-hmm. um, but she has a tattoo on the back of her neck. Oh no. That's a little buzzsaw because she was an artist in the eighties mm-hmm. and she did a piece called Velvet Buzzsaw. Ah. The, title the, the title of the movie is very misleading because you're thinking it's going to be like, is there a velvet buzzsaw somewhere? Like some kind of art piece. You never see what it was, but yeah. she has this tattoo of a buzzsaw on the back of her neck. And basically that becomes a real buzzsaw and like kills her that way. I wonder if there's a metaphor there or <clears throat> symbolism there. I, I don't the know. The velvet buzzsaw is the thing that 
about yourself that you can't hide or something maybe i don't know i'm not seeing the movie it was it was a very it currently has a 65 percent on rotten tomatoes um the critics is 65 percent audience score is 39 percent um it's just not um yeah it was a very i would say that like the the movie talks about art and how art is like a, this big mass-produced thing. People are trying to find meaning in art, mm-hmm. and that basically is what the movie is. It's like a parody of itself. Okay. And I don't think they intended for it to be that way. No. Um, like the because it never like leans into like the parody aspect of it. You know, there's nothing really over the top. Even some of the deaths are not that over the top. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, it was just a very poorly made film that tried to be really artsy, ended up being really silly. <laughs> I see. So, but that's my weekly watch. Um, so yeah. So this week we uh, continuing our month of romance. Anthony and I watched the what year did this come out? Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine hit film. Ten things I hate about you. Well, shall we get into it? Let's do it. Ten things I hate about you. Well, I would say your smile, your hair. No. Um, <laughs> that was good. I'm, I was going to be impressed if you could do all of them. I mean, well, you just get your nose, your eyes. It's just you, actually. Just you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's actually two things and then just the rest of you. Oh, okay. I just hate, yeah. So ten things I hate about you. Um, 1999 rom-com, mm-hmm. high school romance. Oh, yeah. I would definitely say it's more comedy than... It's more, it's a rom-com heavy on the com. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's fun. It is fun. So what is the first, I mean, this is kind of, I've always heard of the film. Right. Um, but I never really knew what it was. I just heard like, oh, 10 Things I Hate About You. It's like this 90s film. I didn't really know much about it. Yeah. What's your first experience really here with 10 Things I Hate About You? My first experience, I think I knew it existed, but I actually saw the reboot TV show mm. that happened, that uh, first aired in 2009 mm-hmm. and man that, i used to have so megan martin mm-hmm. played bianca stratford i used to have the biggest crush on her <laughs> she was probably pretty much the main reason i watched the show oh good it had <laughs> did you ever watch te- the what is it ned ned school survival guide ned ned classified yes, yes. All right, the girl who played Moe's, Lindsay Shaw, she plays the older Stratford sister. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Nicholas Braun, he's been in a lot of Disney Channel stuff. He mm-hmm. plays Cameron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it, something really interesting. Larry Miller, who played the dad, Walter Stratford, in the movie, also plays the dad in the show. Well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's so strange they would, like, I guess it makes sense when, like, you get to a certain point, I guess, age-wise, you can play yourself or, like, play the same role. Mm-hmm. But, like, 2009, well, I mean, at that point, Heath Ledger had passed away. Right. So we couldn't really... And even then, a lot of them had changed so much that it's hard to play. Like, I'm still the same age. Yeah. You know? Oh, he had definitely moved way beyond this. He, yeah. Because he received... A posthumous Best Supporting Actor award. Oh. There's no way he would have been in this dinky ABC Family <laughs> show. Is that what you're saying right now? That you think Heath Ledger would have started this? Who's to say? Oh my god! <laughs> All right then. So, but it, I I remember really enjoying it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It was canceled in 2010, and mm. I didn't see the last few episodes. Uh huh. But I remember being disappointed that it was canceled. It was fun. Yeah, I'll say that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, What's your first experience? For me, I was over at a friend's house, I think two, three years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, this is my favorite, like, this is my, one of my favorite movies. And I was like, really? I was like, okay. So I put it on. And I was like, all right. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But then when we, we watched it uh, for the podcast, uh, a lot of things I missed the first time. And I, I think I had a better, greater appreciation for it. Yeah, you liked it more? Definitely did a whole lot more because, like, the first time I watched it, I wasn't really paying attention, and because my friend was like, "We gotta watch this," and I was like, "I don't really like rom coms." You don't? Not really, not typically. <laughs> uh, but this one, I, I really enjoyed. 
Can we talk for a second about the genre of romantic comedies? Because yes. one of my good friends from high school, he is very much, I would say, like a a man's man, and yeah. he he's like he's not very big on his emotions or anything like that. Yeah, and he told me not too long ago that his favorite movie genre was romantic comedies, and oh. I laughed out loud. Oh wow! And he's like. No, like, wouldn't you say Forgetting Sarah Marshall and, like, Knocked Up are ro- romantic comedies? Would you? Um, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, and that's it, what threw me off, because that's what he meant by it. But it, I'm thinking, like, Bridget Jones's Diary. Or, like, <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, right. Now, I will say, I have seen Sleepless in Seattle several times, mm-hmm. and I do thoroughly enjoy that movie. I haven't seen it. That one. I've is, seen parts of it. Yeah, that one's really good. Um... But this one, Tony's I Hate About You, I very much enjoyed. Because um, it's it's one of those movies, also, you mentioned romantic comedies, Touchstone Pictures produced this. Mm-hmm. And Touchstone is a very strange film studio uh, because it's technically Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Disney's darker, you know, or like more mature studio. Like they own Miramax too. They do own Miramax, yeah. So like that too. Okay. So Touchstone Pictures actually came into existence. A little quick Touchstone picture um, trivia. Trivia here came into existence with, um, I believe, the Black Cauldron, uh, which was the first. I was like the eighties. Oh, seriously? Like really dark animated film. I've seen that. That's yeah. a good one. <clears throat> it is a good one. But yeah, that one is the first Touchstone Pictures because they're like. This is too dark to be associated with the Disney brand, so we'll put it on Touchstone. Other Touchstone pictures. Um... Retroactively, though, I, like I had a VHS of this, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it says Disney on it. Retroactively, I think they after they realized that it's like actually a pretty popular film, they're like oh, back on Disney. Yeah. Same with Nightmare Before Christmas. That one is t- technically a Touchstone picture, oh. even though Disney has like at Walt well, Disney World and Disneyland, you'll see. Jack Skellington and Sally, like, as characters you can meet and greet. Mm -hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is another Touchstone picture. Um, I'm still so impressed that Touchstone Pictures, for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they were able to get all the different characters from mm -hmm. the different shows and movies. Yeah. But yeah, other Touchstone Pictures, if you um, scroll up there, we're looking at a web page here. I mean, Unbreakable, Apocalypto, Dead Poet Society, Armageddon, Sister Act, you know. Romeo <laughs> and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, unfortunately. But all these are technically Disney films. The Prestige. Oh, the Prestige is so good. Um, the Proposal, which we'll be watching next week. Yeah. Um, Starship Troopers. Have you ever seen that? Starship Troopers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen parts of it, and I think I enjoyed it. It's a, it's I remember a, enjoying it. It's a good one, yeah. Oh, but anyway, back to uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Um, I I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, this is technically Disney, you know, but, you know, why would they not put this under the Disney label? And there is a lot of swearing in this film. <laughs> um, like, and not an inordinate amount, but, like, for high schoolers, I felt like there was a lot more swearing than you'd typically find in like a high school rom-com. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder who was the audience for this film? I think it was I think it was like high school aged kids. Cuz like you have my two favorite characters who are barely in the film. Um the guidance counselor mm-hmm. and Mr. Morgan the English teacher are both the most like snarky, sassy um just obnoxious characters um but like the guidance counselor especially i would say is my favorite character because she's really only in it for the very beginning of the film mm-hmm. and then you never see her again yeah which that's I feel right. like is a waste of a character and she, like in this in those first few scenes that she was in the audience we watched this movie with were dying yeah like she like she's writing this them. you know Kind of Fifty Shades of Grey esque novel. Um, while she's at the school, <laughs> yeah. But while she's at the school, yeah. Um, but but yeah. Um, so let's move on to the characters. Actually, a, a pretty good segue there. Um, 
the adults in this film are great. Thoroughly enjoyed them. And it's one of those movies, I think, as you put it, with the audience being high schoolers, mm-hmm. that, you know, the adults are either really dumb or really controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that with the father who, you know, my daughters can't date until they're 18 because he's a doctor of some kind. Yeah. Um, so, okay, with with the parents. Mm-hmm. So at first I thought that the mom had died. Mm-hmm. But then one of the characters, I think it's Kat, makes some reference like that their mom left. Yeah. I too caught that. I was like, oh, mom, mom's not, mom's dead, you know, whatever. But now it's like, oh, did, was there a divorce? Did she just leave one day? Yeah. You know. So one thing I was thinking is, well, maybe that's why the dad is so overprotective like he is. But then I thought, what if he's always been that way and he pushed her away? Oh, that's dark. Yeah. (laughs) That the the father was controlling even over the mother? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, wow. That, uh... That's uh, an interesting idea there. Huh. Um, well, that got dark. <laughs> yeah. <so> anyway. <laughs> just stick that in a different uh, direction. Just put that in there for, for funsies there. Um, but yeah, I think that the adults are great. Again, love the guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. Love the English teacher. Just how he's completely rude to his students. Is it Joey, who's like the the model, yeah. rich kid kind of Is jerk that his character? Name, Joey? Uh, yeah, Joey Donner. This so Andrew Keegan. He was like the '90s, like, uh, like boy crush dude. Yeah, I've seen him in a couple sitcom episodes. So like. I rewatched an episode of Boy Meets World because mm-hmm. I, I remembered it from childhood. It's the one where, oh no, oh what's what's that? What's the girl's name? Peyton 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 Panettiere? No, not Peyton Panettiere. <laughs> I don't know nine nineties. Wait, you don't? No, no. Oh, P- T- Topanga. Topanga. That's it. Yeah, I know it was a name that is unusual. Topanga yeah. goes to florida or disney world for this marine biology thing okay because she won an essay yeah, yeah, yeah. contest and he shows up in that and she and Corey have broken up mm-hmm. and he's known as like so-and-so with the mouth something and he's oh, like so the, he's like the yeah the suave guy exactly yeah and then i watched uh, i watched a christmas episode of this other sick 90s sitcom step by step yeah, I've yeah. never even heard of that show before huh. until this past December. Yeah. And he shows up there as well. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, um, he, where was I going with that? With Joey. Oh, the, <laughs> the teacher being yeah. rude to him. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so there's the, the big party at, he's my third favorite character, is the, the NBA kid oh, yeah. who's like, you know. <laughs> You know, we're all going to smoke these together. He has like the cigars. I was like, and yeah. remember, guys, <laughs> don't touch anything. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I love him. He's great. I think he's literally called NBA Kid in really? the credits. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know he has a name like Barry Lou. I have it in my notes here. Like Barry Levinson or Lewenson. Um, oh, but there's there's someone credited who's NBA guy at party. Huh. It's let's see. We're looking at the cast here. Whatever his name. But yeah, is but Barry Levinson, whatever his name is, um, he's also oh Bogey Le- Bogey Lowenstein. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's um, funny. Also, the fact that his character name is Bogey, and he plays golf all the time. It's kind of a <laughs> more you know puns there this movie also is filled with puns and references specifically to shakespeare which oh yeah we'll get to that in a moment um but like it's just so there's the party at bogey's house and then the next day in class or the next week in class mm-hmm. um like cat and gotten drunk there and danced on the table which everyone's like oh my gosh this you know i mean to be fair she's a very like uptight very like mean person yeah um and she like i guess let loose at the party and so like joey's like the the teacher is like so how was everyone's weekend and then joey's like we should ask 
cat, huh? And he's like, unless he kicked your butt, I don't want to hear about it. And it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like he kicks cat out of the class and Joey's like, yeah, you do that, Mr. Morgan. He's like, shut up. Just completely shuts down Joey every time. But the the thing I noticed in that scene is the teacher asks the students how their weekend was. And then shuts them down when they start to tell them yeah. how their weekend was. He's, he's, he's definitely like, I can't tell if he's a guy who loves his job or hates his job or both. And then what's that time where actually Kat seems seems uh into the assignment he kicks her out of the classroom yeah she's like should we write it in iambic pentameter because it's like rewriting one of shakespeare's sonnets right and he's like what she's like no i'm just curious like do you have to write an iambic pentameter she's like like, are you interested in the assignment or are you just messing with me no i'm interested in the assignment get out of my class (laughs) and it's like what (laughs) oh okay um but yeah the teachers are great but overall great cast yeah. Um, really, really fun. But This is Heath Ledger's first American movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I like how he... I feel like they very easily could have told him, like, hey, do an American accent. Because we know we can do an American accent. Um, when he was the Joker, he didn't have his Australian accent there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, he, he just straight up, you know, I'm from Australia. You know, there you go. The end. But that that's his character, Adam, in a nutshell. <laughs> well, like like the fact that they decided to make him Australian, yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think so. they were going. I think they felt like it add it led it made sense with his character of this mysterious person. Yeah, where we hear in this movie all these rumors about him, like he yeah. ate a dog, duck, or a duck. Was did, a duck. did he do something to a dog? I don't think so. Oh, he ate a do- duck. <laughs> you okay there? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he ate a duck except for the feet and the beak. That's uh, apparently what they they said. Yeah. Um, and, like, he set a state trooper on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this, like, mysterious guy. And we, I feel like we all, everyone had that one guy at high school. It was like, did you hear what this guy did? Right. And the rumor mill just creates these outlandish scenarios, you know? Right. So, okay, if we're talking about characters, mm-hmm. let's start with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. So he's new kid. He yeah. comes from a military family, so I think the guidance counselor says he's been to nine school, different schools in ten years. Yeah. So I like. I I think it's kind of funny how high school movies do this, mm-hmm. but they do this thing where like, <laughs> it's not realistic to high school in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and the characters' priorities are like always kind of baffle me. So <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he kind of falls in love with first sight at, with Bianca Stratford mm-hmm. and the, his friend who, who, uh, t- tours, who like tours around with him. Mm-hmm. His name is Michael. He gives him the lowdown on all the different clicks and then on mm-hmm. the Stratfords and explains yeah. that she, their, their dad won't let the Stratford sisters date, but mm-hmm. that Bianca Stratford is, looking for a tutor this dude is like somehow in on all the yeah he's and like he mentions how he used to be part of the nba club yeah but then he got kicked out because they found out he buys his eyes odds at an outlet mall yeah which i'm like what huh okay right so he decides he's going to learn french and be her french tutor yeah. and i was just thinking like that would in what scenario would that ever happen like how much time do you have on your hands like Like, i'm going to learn a new language to get with this girl right yeah like unless french is like elective language then like why bother and also you mentioned the learning french thing what i find the most humorous is the continuity in the film because he has the book Mm -hmm. initially and he has the full book yeah and then he goes and talks to what's his name patrick Patrick Verona. Yeah, goes to talk to Patrick, and he's, like, in woodshop, and he has, like, a, I don't know what the tool would be called. A, a drill. A drill, but, like, it, the the piece on the front, I can't remember, but it makes, like, a little hole. The bit, yeah. And so he, like, drills into the book <laughs> to, like, get him to leave, and then he continues to use the French book with the hole in it. Yeah, that was like, funny. throughout the film, and it was like, oh, we're just gonna stick with this book? Okay. Right. <laughs> um, Like, later on, when... When Bianca's asking him, like, when are you going to ask me out to the prom? Or when are you going to ask me out? He's like, I don't 
I don't see that in the book. And I'm like, it's probably on the whole. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking too. And I think that was what they were getting at too. Yeah. It's the film. And his, so he ends up dating Bianca. Yeah. Somehow she sees that he is actually a person of substance versus mm-hmm. Joey, who is not. Who's like the absence of substance. Right. And at the end though, so when Julia Stiles' character, Kat, is on her the porch looking very sad mm-hmm. and he goes to pick up and joseph gordon levitt's cameron goes to pick up bianca for their date i thought he was going to talk to cat and apologize and say like hey it it was it was me who like set up patrick to go on a date but he really did change or like something like that or he didn't really did care about you yeah but no he's just like <laughs> he just says oh bianca is she gonna be okay and then cat yeah. bianca goes i think so and then they walk away <laughs> like, yeah what the end <laughs> yeah um it's yeah very interesting but um (laughs) it's a weird film i would say like the characters are very much like caricatures Mm -hmm. of these stereotypes yeah and one thing that i took in my notes when we were watching this movie is like he mentions the subcategories and this was 1999 takes place in seattle and it's a very 90s film and a very West Coast film. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, the coffee kids, or like the coffee nerds. Yeah. Um, which I thought was just kind of like, only in Seattle would you have like the coffee nerds. Yeah. Um, like the coffee nerds, the white Rasta kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of cultural appropriation. A little cultural. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of comes up later on in the film when like Mr. Morgan, who is African American... Uh, like is criticizing Cat in class, and one of the white Rostick is like, "Yeah, man, I'm with you." He's like, "Don't even get me started no, on you." He he's talking about how Shakespeare was, because he's like rapping one of Shakespeare's sonnets. Sonnets. Oh yeah. yeah and he's yeah. talking about he he was a dead white guy, but but he, he had some good. He he gets it, or like yeah, he's, he knows the truth, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one was great. And then the cowboy kids. I didn't quite get that one. Yeah. Um, but I noticed in the background of one of the scenes where Cameron and Michael are in like the quad, I guess, mm-hmm. you see in the background some cowboy kids like eating lunch, and one of them just has a, a can of Hormel chili and is just eating it with a spoon, just out of the straight out of the can. And I was like, Was that the funniest scene in your mind? That was one of the funniest scenes because it's they clearly like the gag was intended, mm-hmm. but it's taking place behind the main characters so it's like you have to look for it yeah and for the rest of the film i kept looking in the background every time they were at the high school i'm like what other like click specific things are going on yeah in the background i couldn't find anything else but just i love the and they were so casual that too like one guy just like talking like kind of gesturing with his spoon and like goes in and grabs some more and like <laughs> it clearly like, it's real it's like not a prop or anything like he's actually eating the chili and i'm like mm-hmm. oh good yeah i'm glad they had to put that in there but yeah um, what's your favorite what do you think is the funniest scene the funniest scene i would probably say at the prom when and this is so weird but like when joey gets like beat up oh, um, by yeah. bianca i thought that was hysterical i wrote um in my notes here uh 10 things i hate about you and three punches for love <laughs> should be like the full title of the film um, but the soundtrack to this film is so 90s. Oh, it's so it good. It is obnoxious. I know you're a big, like, 90s music fan. Yeah. So I know once we started watching it, um, this was your first time seeing the actual movie, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm already into it. Yeah, because they, they were playing Two Weeks mm-hmm. by Bare Naked Ladies. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it was a kind of like remix, or they added they added horns or something that isn't typically there that mm-hmm. I didn't love, but I love that song. I will say though, the movie that I think that my favorite movie that that song is used in mm-hmm. is Digimon the movie, which came out the year after. Really? You have to that soundtrack is awesome to the that movie. Digimon movie? Yeah. It's it's like it's got some ska in it. It's a it's a lot of nineties punk rock, nineties rock. Uh ska I heard is making a big comeback. Is it? Oh. Apparently. Cool. Yeah. But there's one song on that soundtrack, just to diverge a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's called, I think it's called Funk Soul Brother by Fatboy Slim. Uh-huh. 
and it is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Really? The song, the whole song is, it goes right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, and he says it over and over again. Sometimes it goes right about now, about now, about now, and that goes. But like the the lyrics are all only ever that. I mean, so it's like a song where it's all chorus. I feel like Fat Boy Slim though never really had a lyrically diverse song. No, even like, um, it's a pretty popular one, like Weapon of Choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember how it goes currently, but I know it's a there's a music video of it where it's Christopher Walken, really flying around a hotel lobby, flying. I'll show you it after the podcast. Okay. We'll we'll link it on our Twitter. All right. Um, but yeah, Fatboy Slim's music video, uh, Weapon of Choice, involves... <laughs> it's not even like it's Christopher Walken playing a person. It's just Christopher Walken sitting in a hotel lobby. He gets up, starts dancing, and then jumps off of like a little balcony in the yeah. lobby and just starts flying. Okay, interesting. So... I like the band Letters to Cleo in this, mm-hmm. though. They showed up a couple times. Is that the uh, the band that Kat's a really big fan of? Yeah. Okay. The gotcha. one where the lead singer, she has like all the pigtails in her hair. Mm-hmm. They play at the prom too yeah, for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And they at the very so they go to the concert. They're there. Mm-hmm. They play at the prom for a little bit. Yeah. And at the very end, I think they're on top of the school building. And yeah. 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 Um, it it almost felt like half the time. I'm like, is this a movie about? this band because like they keep showing up every now and then and like the final scene is just like a rooftop concert uh-huh. as the credits roll by and i'm like but no one's list like exactly there's that's, no crowd that's the weird thing is like they're just there <laughs> like, they could have just had the music and like had like a helicopter shot of like the school and seattle but they're like no we have to put the band on top of the building yeah <laughs> that will be <laughs> what really sells this movie oh yeah um, but yeah, the, I will say, going back to your question about the funniest scene, I think the, the Hormel chili in the background <laughs> is hysterical. And also Kat's friend, oh, what is her name? Um, oh my goodness. Mandela. Mandela. She was great. How she like has a thing. She's involved with William Shakespeare. Yeah. And then how Michael and her end up together at the end, right? Um, and she's wearing like the, like the medieval style dress. Yeah. And he's wearing like the. Well, he gives it to her. He gives it to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he writes out like the note. You know, see me at the at the prom. You know, W Shakespeare, whatever. Yeah. Apparently, her character was a lot darker in the original draft. Really. Where she was obsessed with, like, suicide because she wanted to join her love Shakespeare. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, there was the movie Heathers in, I believe, 89, which involved a lot of suicide. It was like another high school, darker film. We'll have to maybe watch that with the podcast. Yeah, we will. But, but yeah. Um, really? Yeah. That's really dark. Yeah. Yikes. It is pretty dark. So my, f- the scene that I thought was the funniest, mm-hmm. it was totally not meant to be. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's shortly after Bianca and... Cat have the conversation about going to prom because mm-hmm. Bianca really wants Cat to go to prom so she can go to prom. Yeah, and Cat says like, "No, she's not going to." And then there's the scene where Bianca is <laughs> outside in this dr- like pink dress, sitting in the tire sw- swing, looking all dejected, <laughs> like black Converse on. Yeah, and Cat is looking at her from her bedroom window yeah and it's just like this is so pitiful like <laughs> bianca's like i can't go to prom yeah i'm gonna sit here and look sad <laughs> yeah and then that convinces her she's like to go all to right prom. i'll yeah. go i just thought that and that scene is like so long i was just dying like yeah. i don't know if you can see but i was really laughing yeah it was yeah there are a few like like overblown moments that's one of them mm-hmm. um you know, the a lot of the party scenes are like that. I love the the one guy who like this girl's trying to make out with Patrick, and then he pushes another guy in there. Yeah, and he's like, "Thanks, man." Oh, he and said then, that multiple. And he times. shows yeah. up several times throughout the scene, like, "No, really, thanks, <laughs> man." <laughs> um, like, man, really.
really gotta thank you. And it's like, okay, we, yep, good job. But I like, you're right. Like, I like that cotton, the continuity stuff where you have it with the book and the drill. Mm-hmm. You have it with that at the party. Mm-hmm. And then the other time where probably my second favorite scene was when Bianca is in gym class, it seems like, and they're doing archery practice. Yeah. <laughs> and someone talks to Bianca. And so she swings her arms and shoots the arrow, shoots the arrow off and it hits the teacher in the butt. Yeah, and then later on, he's the teacher who's, like... Leading detention. Leading detention, and he goes to, like, sit on the desk, and he, like, kind of comes back up. He's like, oh, oh, ow. Yeah, rubs his butt. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, funny. the continuity in this movie is great. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah. So, one other thing. So, this movie is based on a very... Like a, it's not really... I don't know if it's one of the more famous ones, but it's based on a Shakespeare play. The Taming of the Shrew. Yes, and I kept watching and listening if they were actually going to say Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. They never do say Taming of the Shrew. They don't? But they do call Cat a shrew. A shrew, yeah. I've, I heard that, yeah. And I think that's definitely a yeah. reference. And then I think at Easter. one point Michael mentions how he gets like, um, Pad- Padua's, you know, Padua High's very best and it's all the guys who they think could date cat mm-hmm. and he's like they'll help us tame the beast yeah or maybe patrick says like you want me to tame the beast yeah so you get taming and true but you never get them together right um but even the names are shakespeare references the stratford oh, yeah. sisters avon on stratford or stratford on avon mm-hmm. is where shakespeare lived yeah verona verona is where romeo and juliet takes place um i think that's about like the only like real names we get mm-hmm. um but the basic plot of taming of the shrew is also the basic plot of 10 things i hate about you right um but you know watching it and just like how many other shakespearean plays that i've read where this similar kind of thing happens where it's like we got to get this girl to date because of her oh you know overbearing father and then, or, like, the overbearing father doesn't want his daughter to get married or whatever. And so there's, like, all this hijinks that happens. And, like, Shakespeare had a lot of hijinks in it, <laughs> if you want to really get into it. But this is not a Shakespeare podcast. Um, but, yeah, this movie, very much heavy on the, I mean, Mandela being in love with William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Writing the son, like, rewriting one of his sonnets. Um, yeah, think- very Shakespeare reference I feel like Padua even is like a Shakespeare reference that we're not, neither of us understand or get. Yeah, probably. But yeah. Well, going continuing with the characters. Mm-hmm. So let's just go, I guess, with the way they were introduced. Because I think Michael's characters were introduced next. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. But anyways, going to Michael. So yeah. he's the character who, he's paired up with Cameron the first day, takes mm-hmm. him around the school. Yep. So, you know how I told you before that I always recognize faces? Mm-hmm. So, as soon as I saw this guy, I'm like, I know him from something. Yeah. And I'm like, and I keep playing in my head what it could be. Halfway through the movie, I figured it out. Where is he from? He is from the Santa Claus 1 and the Santa Claus 2. He plays Bernard. <gasps> oh, shoot. You're right. Yeah. We talked about that earlier on, back in December. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And I, I didn't think he was in a lot since then, but looking at his IMDb page, he actually looks like he's steadily been acting ever since. Nice. And what was it that you told me when you saw this picture of him? So we looked at his modern IMDb page. He almost looks like Oscar Isaacs. Oh, I can like, see that. Like he could, if there's ever an Oscar Isaacs like biopic, yeah. he could play him. He's in. Um, he looks like his brother or something. But I mean, what a glow up! <laughs> yeah. Uh, just whew. <laughs> He's a, a good-looking guy there, but, yeah, looking at his, um, like, IMDb page, he's been in video games, TV shows, movies, um, yeah, he's just been in a whole lot. Yeah, so his character, I was thinking, what, why is, why is he so invested in helping cameron out like what is he getting out of this yeah i'm like is he just like the stoogy best friend who just like <laughs> i'll do whatever it takes so that my best friend can find love yeah exactly he it does seem very like unmotivated it's like oh there's bianca Stratford, but you know she's she's you know 
Can't touch her. No, she's unavailable. Right. Next scene, we're going to get you with Bianca. Don't you worry. It's like, wait, what happened? I think I'll extrapolate and say that, like, he's kind of a dorky kid who who doesn't have a lot of friends. And he, like, sees Cameron as this cool person that he can be friends with. So I think that's kind of where it comes from. And he's definitely that awkward, like, I want to... he. He's very mature for his age, mm-hmm. but almost to the point where he's like, he's not sure how to be an adult. Like, they go to the party, and they're getting ready to go to the party, and he's, like, putting on Or you mean cologne. know how to be a kid? He's stuck in that, like, he's not really a kid anymore, but he's not an adult yet. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of, like, awkward, like, I'm mature enough to talk with the adults at the party, but, like, I, I can also talk to the I don't know. Like, he was also about to wear a tie to the party. That's what I was going to, yeah. Which made me think that's where you were going. Like, he, he's like, should I lose the tie? But he ends up going in, like, a cream blazer mm-hmm. that's, like, all the way buttoned. And he talks about, like, he's, like, hitting on this girl. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to buy a, a uh, um, oh, some Toyota car. Um, but he mentioned how it's like, it's got rear, rear, rear airbags. It's a spacious trunk. Like, he's talking about things that, like, no high schooler would find interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to use it as, like, a pickup line. Yeah. Um, okay, I see what you mean, then. So, like, he's not quite an adult, not quite a kid. Yeah, also, at that party, so many people were wearing blazers. I've never been to a party like that. I think it must just be the 90s and just a different kind of style. Or was it a preppy thing? Because these kids definitely went to some sort of prep school. Or That's something. true. Yeah. Um, like arts, you have archery in gym class. What? Yeah, and like a full what looked like carpentry shop for yeah. like wood class, and like there's welding involved. And your school looks like a castle. Yeah, and like they have this giant ble- like concrete bleachers, like the football field's like this giant, almost like a valley. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually that reminds me of. I think my favorite, not my favorite funniest scene, but my favorite scene of the whole movie is when Patrick sings to Cat um, with the help of the marching band. Oh, yeah. And he's running around the bleachers. I love that scene. That's just great. Um, but, but yeah. Maybe it is just they're preppy. Maybe that's what it is. But, yeah. I noticed that, too. Like, a lot of these kids are very, like, you know, they doesn't look comfortable. No. <laughs> None of their clothes looked very comfortable at all. Right. But I was glad at the end that Michael ended up, he found some, a, a person for him, which yeah. was Mandela. Yeah. They're going to be great for each other. I'm sure they're living happily ever after in their own Shakespearean romance. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So the next character, why don't we go on to Kat? Yeah. She is very, um, you know, she's like the mean girl, but not in like the mean girls movie like sense she's not popular i think she's more of an outsider yeah like she she has a wit about her yes i don't know that she's necessarily mean mm. interesting because like when i think about it she's only kind of snarky or mean to people who i think deserve it like joey that's true her sister at points but sometimes her sister says or does things that kind of or it's like, like okay <laughs> Yeah. Like, she, she mentions, it's just true, she does mention, like, you know, you don't have to be what they want you to be. And Bianca's like, I enjoy being adored. And, like, <laughs> goes back to, like, putting on her makeup or whatever. And it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. But I like how you, you get hints, because Bianca says at one point to Cameron that Kat used to be one of the popular kids. Yeah. But now she's not. And mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of find out at the end where after their mom leaves, that kind of hits her. Mm-hmm. And then... She talks about how she and Joey were together mm-hmm. intimately and yeah. that she wasn't ready for that. And then Joey's like, oh, well, you know, I'm done and just dumps her. Yeah. You know, which I think speaks more to, of course, speaks more to Joey. But then that makes him even scummier to think that, like, they were together and that even after they broke up, he's still doing things like, because Kat mentions how he, like, felt her up. Yeah. In, like the lunch line or something. Yeah. And no, that was another kid. It wasn't Joey? Yeah, she... Another kid felt her up, and then he, like... She kicked him in the balls, and, like, one of them... I thought that was Joey. I don't think so. Because it was the character who had to get the 
something with his balls. Like the guidance counselor mentions how his like his operation went well. I don't think it was him. It wasn't Joey. I don't think so because um, when her and Patrick are talking after paintball, yeah, he's like, "So this kid, you actually like kicked, you know, dislocated or like kicked out one of his balls?" And she's like, "Yep." Oh. He helped me up in the, the lunch line. I don't think it was Joey. Okay. Um, because Joey does end up, at the end of the movie, getting kicked in the balls <laughs> at the prom. And he ends up, the camera like pans away and he's just kind of lying there. Yeah. Just like cringing. I'm like, well, well you kind of deserve that one. Right. Um, but I think Kat is, um, what's the word? Um, I'm going to change it from mean to like, yeah, she's witty. Yeah. And she stands up for what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she's very into, I guess, for degree social justice. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she, remember, there was that one scene where she was talking about the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. And, like, she listens to or reads feminist literature, mm-hmm. mentioned that. And she's good taste in music, by the way, too. Yes, she does. Um, but, yeah. So she's great. I love her. She's an amazing character. Yeah, she was interesting. I like how we get to learn more about her interests. Yeah. Her passions. Exactly. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So then, um, the other characters we're missing, we talked about Cat. we talked about Cameron and Michael. Um, Bianca next? Bianca, yeah. She is aloof at the very beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. She... She, I mean, clearly their fathers, they're, they come from a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions how she, like, loves her Prada backpack or something like that. And her friend has, like, sketchers. Yeah, because she, she says, like, she there's a di- difference between like and love. I like my <laughs> sketchers and I love my Prada backpack. But I love yeah. my Prada backpack. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, I well, I just like my sketchers. She's like, well, you don't have a Prada backpack. Yeah, whatever. so that she says that the chastity mm-hmm. who ends up kind of backstabbing her at the end, but also like based on that interaction, doesn't sound like they have the healthiest friendship. No, not really. Um, it's almost kind of like, you know, chastity sees that Bianca's not interested in Joey, and chastity only sees be uh, sees Joey as like this vehicle to be popular mm-hmm. because even michael talks about like paying joey or joey paying patrick to like date cat mm-hmm. so he can get with bianca and michael's like you know you just have to say hi to me in the hallway for this to work mm-hmm. and joey's like oh so people see me talking to you so you're cool by association yeah and so like even joey recognizes he carries i guess to a degree like some clout about him yeah um so very interesting uh character dynamic there but yeah um bianca starts off very much you know doing what people want her to do being the kind of girl that's popular but then she ends up i think through talking with cameron and kind of seeing joey for what he is so she's like i don't need to be with joey i don't need to be with this guy to have this you know popularity i think also when she recognizes that what joey did to cat oh she's yeah, like she's completely done she's like i don't need to be with him at all yeah um and cameron she sees like a genuine guy right you know so but yeah great great character as well um good character development from the beginning to the end of the film um like everyone i would say except joey changes throughout this film oh yeah i'd say that so then let's talk about patrick verona Patrick Verona, this mysterious man from down under. Well, <laughs> yeah. he, he lived in Australia, we learned, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he left school for a year, and everyone's like, oh, he was in juvie. Oh, man, you know, he ate a duck. He caught a state trooper on fire, all this different stuff. But you come to find out his grandfather was just sick, and he was taking care of him. Right. And, like, he's just this genuinely nice guy. Yeah, it's... A genuinely nice guy who does he ride a motorcycle in this? I don't think so. In the TV show, he does. Oh. His character does. <laughs> a genuinely nice guy who drinks underage, hangs out at dive bars. Hey, no one is perfect. <laughs> I know. It's no one's perfect. Like, how he's like at this biker bar, yeah, and, like, smoking and playing pool, and... and and he also is very very witty. 
Like, yeah. I love the, you know, it's like, well, we, you know, uh, Bianca found a picture of Jared Leto in, in Cats, you know, desk. So she's clearly, you know, she's into pretty boys. And he kind of, like, looks at them and he's like, what? Am I not a pretty boy? And they're like, no, 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 you're gorgeous. <laughs> you're great. You're, you look good. You're very, very, very pretty. Very pretty guy. You know, <laughs> it's that kind of, you know, he makes everyone else look like a fool around him. Yeah. Which I just love. Yeah. Um, I like, so that scene where they're, they're on science class or something. And, oh, yeah. And they're looking back at him and he, and he kind of like scowls at them. Mm-hmm. And then he starts touching the fire. Yeah. Apparently that was improvised by Heath Ledger. Really? Yeah. Huh. Smart. Yeah. Makes sense. That's I good. So I like too. that. I like how he's like stabbing the frog too with just like his knife. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. his friend's like, What are you doing? Oh yeah. There's like other like punk rock kids like right. stop that. Yeah, stop the that. other kid's like, No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Something I don't so he changed a lot for Cat though. Like he suddenly stopped smoking. And I like mm-hmm. I get I like that it comes back when he's starting to he's getting mad and he's He's starting to be himself again mm-hmm. when they had that fight on their por- on her porch. Yeah, and I would say that his character development, and this is you know very interesting because he changes to be with her, mm-hmm. all initially because he's being paid, ultimately because he like falls in love with her. Uh, but I think you can look at this from two ways: either one, he changes for the better, both for himself and for Cat. Mm-hmm. Or he's changing for himself, or for sorry, he's changing only to be with Cat. If it's the latter, that's not good. Exactly, because that kind of is reminiscent of uh, Greece with Sandy at the very end of Greece, where she basically throws all her morals out the window and is like this greaser chick to be with Danny. Oh yeah. Um, if you have not seen Greece, I haven't. Does it end well? <laughs> we can talk later about that. Okay. Um, it's a whole nother. If we ever do a musical month, we'll have to watch Grease. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Um, I think he ultimately changes for the better. I mean, he's not smoking anymore, so that's healthier. Right. Probably not drinking as much anymore, which is probably healthier. He's probably doing better things for himself. And, you know... I mean, at the end, he buys Cat this, you know, Fender Strat, which is... Using the money that he was paid. Exactly. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Th- I... I don't like how he handled Kat's concussion, though. Like, mm. she's even falling down multiple times. I think you yeah. need to take her to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. You know. But he doesn't really, he definitely seems like to genuinely care about her. Like, when she starts oh, to definitely. fall asleep, he's like, no, no, wake up, wake up. You know? Well, even at that party, like, you can tell. Yeah. But. He, he keeps going to her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. I think he's. I put in my notes like we need, um, we need more Heath Ledger in the world. Like we need more Patricks in the world. Yeah, I'm just like this nice guy. At the end, we need more of him. At the end, <laughs> not we don't need. We need more jerkish guys who become nice at the end of their their character arc. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> we need more character. We arc. do need that though. We need more character arc for jerkish guys. Very true. <laughs> jerkish people in general. Yeah, exactly. Um. Last character, Joey? Joey. Not much to say about Joey, other than he's a bit of a jerk. Yeah. And just a mean guy. He's kind of the foil for Patrick. Self-centered, conceited. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to laugh when they're at the party, and they have that can, like that little like pyramid of beer cans. Yeah. Which I was kind of interesting. I was kind of looking at the cans. I was like, okay, we got Miller Lite, and Bud Light, and Heineken. Wait, what? And I was thinking, like, which of these beers is not like the other? Because <laughs> I think there's one Heineken can, and I'm like, was Heineken a sponsor of the film? But they're like, all right, we have to put a Heineken in in the movie mm-hmm. as our product placement. But we also got sponsored much more heavily by Bud Light and Miller Light, so we're going to put majority of them right. in one green can for Heineken. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's doing his, like, this is my underwear pose. He's like, this is my swimsuit pose. And he just, like, turns his body a bit, and it's like, See the difference? And Bianca's just kind of like, uh, yeah, sure. And he's like, you don't get it, you don't get it. And then turns out to be like, okay, this is underwear, and like, this is swimsuit. And just like, 
that's his whole character right there. Yeah. And also so self-involved. Yeah. Like even the ads he's doing is like tube socks and like hemorrhoids cream. <laughs> and it's like what? <laughs> like the kids, I mean he's clearly like a I guess a young model, young actor, but he's taking all these like really like awkward jobs for his age. Right, yeah. Hemorrhoid like, cream for a high school kid. Yeah, like oh, yeah. But but yeah, so yeah. So there's the characters. I think the plot also is, again, very reminiscent of the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's also, again, very Shakespearean because it's basically that Taming of the Shrew adapted. Um, but you have a lot of the tropes of high school rom-coms. You know, you have the cliques. Mm-hmm. You have, um, you know, you have the, each main character has like a sidekick. Yeah. And even just, I think, the whole idea where these characters, they, they don't have enough going on that they have to come up with these mm-hmm. very involved plots to yeah. accomplish these things that... Exactly. And, like, what I didn't understand is, like, okay, so Michael knows Joey likes Bianca. Mm-hmm. But Michael's gonna get Joey to convince Patrick to date Kat so that Cameron can come in and date Bianca. But knowing, it seems like, let's get the enemy involved, knowing that the enemy can, quote-unquote, take the bait, even though, or, or get the get the girl, Yeah. when Cameron also wants to, like, this is a very ill-conceived It's a plan. dangerous game. <laughs> you make it sound like you've done this before. Like, <laughs> like, ah, the old, pay the guy to pay the other guy to date the girl so we can date the other girl, make sure the first guy doesn't date her. It's high risk. Old... High reward if you can get it. That's but... true. And Cameron that ends reward. up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't always reap it. That's all I'll say. I mean, Cameron for a while, you know, wasn't sure if he'd be able to to get with Bianca, but he ends up with her, which is great. Yeah. Cat ends up with Pat. Look at that. Pat with Cat. <laughs> Cat with Pat. Cam with Bianca. Bianca. No. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really work for them. Cam um, found his jam. Yep. Yeah. Um, Michael got with Mandela. Mandela. And Joey ends up on the floor in pain yeah which is great um you know it's always satisfying to see someone so like self-centered like get their comeuppance yeah it is and you know why that is because that doesn't always happen in the world it really doesn't most most times it doesn't happen in the world we just got real dark there (laughs) let's just end this podcast (laughs) sometimes the bad people win and they keep on winning and but in the movies a lot of times we can get that escape yeah and that's why we love 10 things i hate about you (laughs) good night everyone no 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 um before we wrap this up uh as we do we'll give our movie something out of 10 okay let's think so things i hate about you so out of, oh man, it's already built into the title of this one. Yeah. Out of the ten things you hate about me, <laughs> what would you give this movie? I would give this movie seven and a half things that I hate about you. Mm. I would give this movie eight out of ten things I hate about you. Okay. Yeah. I think that... It would have been almost a perfect 10 if we had more of the guidance counselor and oh, yeah. the teacher. Um, because I feel like those are such funny characters. Mm-hmm. And they really could have been involved in a lot more of the stuff. Yeah. Um, like it would have been fun um, if, like, even at the end of the, the movie, like, they're at the bookstore again. And, like, you see, like, the guidance counselor's book is, like, for sale or something like that. Right. You know, something like that. Where there's more continuity. Um. But yeah, 8 out of 10. All right. So this has been 10 Things I Hate About You. Next week we'll be wrapping up our month of romance with our our uh, next guest star, um, who shall be anonymous. Until next week, <laughs> um, we'll be watching The Proposal with them. Yes, so we will. look forward to that next week. Noice! <laughs>